What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we are going to be covering a helpster's choice topic, which is adrenal insufficiency. And we have a great guest on to talk about it. It is Dr. Sharisha. And uh, this episode is coming out at the end of February, February 20th. I've got a bunch of tour dates coming up. Would love to see you guys on the road. I will be in Cincinnati, Kearney, Minneapolis in March. And then I will be in San Francisco, Rosemont, Chicago, and Denver in April. And so many more dates coming up. So you can go to KelseyCook.com and get those tour date tickets. Fabulous. And you can head over to DelaneyFisher.com for the Minimalist Business Podcast. We help licensed mental health professionals over there grow their business. So come on over. We'd love to have you. Yes. And I mentioned at the beginning that this is a helpster's choice, meaning uh, we have an incredible community of listeners who are on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And you can join there and then you are able to vote on what topics we talk about on the show. There are like 60 bonus episodes from over the past five and a half years that you can listen to. So yeah, go check it out if you want to be a part of it. Yes. So what you voted on for this topic was adrenal fatigue. And then the more that we looked into it, we realized adrenal fatigue is actually not an accepted medical diagnosis. It's kind of like the layman's term for like a set of symptoms, but it's not acknowledged like in the medical field as something that you can diagnose. So adrenal fatigue may include body aches, fatigue, nervousness, sleep disturbances, digestive problems. Kelsey and I have kind of talked about how um, when we've really been burning the candle at both ends, we almost like, for me, it feels like um, 
like I, I feel like almost like buzzy, like my nerves have been shot and it almost feels like I've been electrocuted when I've been overworking. Um, and so we were excited to, to dig into that. Um, so there has to be other things present for it to actually be a medical diagnosis, which I believe they can determine with a blood test. So we were lucky enough to get an expert on to talk about the kind of medical version of this with adrenal insufficiency. Right. And Dr. Sharisha was so wonderful. I ended up doing the interview with her and something really uh, interesting happened. So during the interview, and I knew going into it that Dr. Sharisha also um, specializes in women's health. And you guys might have heard me mention a couple times on the podcast lately that I've been struggling with period issues for, for quite a while. And um, I ended up asking her some questions after the interview ended because I'm always kind of like, ah, how much, how much do I want to talk about like my personal health on the podcast? Right. Um, especially, and it's, I know it's stupid that there's still a stigma around like feeling self-conscious about talking about your period and stuff like that. But I always am trying to find, find that line of like, okay, opening up, being vulnerable, but maybe just knowing what I really do feel comfortable sharing. So I talked with her about kind of what's been going on for me and that I've really been struggling to find any solutions because uh, a lot of her work also deals with hormones. There are hormonal things connected with adrenal insufficiency and, and thyroid problems and stuff like that. Mm. And I, I told her that I uh, generally for the last couple years have been having like 10 day long periods and periods are supposed to be closer to like three to five days. And she, I, I will want, I will reach out to her because I want her to know this, but she really ended up changing my life or at least like the course I was on because she gave me the wake up call of like, if you continue down this path, you're becoming pretty high risk for anemia and that mm. becomes its own whole other set of problems so like you really need to try to find a solution here and I had been just desperate to go the holistic route and I I still love acupuncture and I stand by it I think that that can really help a lot of people with a lot of things but um it just it has not it has not fixed this problem for me and so she uh, really recommended the IUD. Um, and I had been pretty against an IUD for a very long time. Just all of that sounded really not fun. We talked about this on the Dr. Brighton episode and Delaney, you shared your experience of, um, that when you got an IUD and you passed out from the pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's, <laughs> it's like a really scary thing to go into. And it is pretty barbaric that they don't like put you under for that procedure. And I really, especially now that I've had it done, feel strongly that they should. So I ended up uh, making, a point, making an appointment just a couple days after that interview with her. And uh, because uh, also for you, for you listeners to know, Delaney and I are recording this intro and outro for this interview on a different day than when um, I interviewed her. I interviewed her last week. And then I went and got an IUD put in because for those of you who don't know, IUDs very commonly, especially the hormonal ones, just remove your period. 
or at the very least they make them much lighter and much shorter and so that was what I was what I am hoping for and I just have to say for those of you and I've joined the club now I know Delaney you've been talking about your experience with experience with it in the past but like holy shit I just, I cannot believe the pain that that yeah. is to get that put in. Yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. <laughs> it was pretty rough. <laughs> this was, oh God, this is so long ago. I, I can't remember um, when it was, but I, when I got mine and I got the, the copper IUD, so mm-hmm. like the non-hormonal one or whatever. And um, the very first time I went in to get it done, they actually could not get it up it like they couldn't get it into my whatever cervix or whatever the fuck they were doing through your cervix into your uterus yeah yes they couldn't get it um they said you know i I used to make a joke that i you know i was clinically tight because they basically (laughs) said you you're it's too it's too narrow we we can't get it in they actually had to send me home with the medication that they give pregnant women to induce labor or open up their cervix before they're like about to give birth so i had to take that medication before I went in the next day. So my service was actually a lot wider and then they could finally get it in. And even so it was really painful. And they, they actually brought a couple nurses in for me. So like I could hold on to two different people's hands while I got it, when I got it in, it was, whew. And you still it passed was, out. It was rough. Yeah, it was at, rough. At what point did you pass out? Um, God, I don't know. I'd have to like re-listen to the episode that I shared shared it on when it was like a fresh memory it was probably only a handful of seconds, but they did not let me leave. I think for at least 20, 30 minutes, they had me lay down and I think brought me some juice and, you know, they wouldn't let me go until I like was there for a while. But you passed I... out while like the procedure was happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, that's, what's so crazy. And to me, this is exactly why they should put people under if they want to be put under for it. Because if it is so painful that you're passing out, to me, that's like your body's right. way of doing its own anesthesia, where it's like, right. yeah, we, do, we cannot be a witness to this. We have yeah. to peace out. Yeah. It's like it, yeah. your body forces its own anesthesia to go yeah. under if you don't experience yeah. it. But, um, it really should be an option. It'd be nice if it was an option. People could opt in for it if they wanted. Yeah. And if, and I know I'm talking about this as if you guys, if all you listeners know, but I'm sure some of you don't, the IUD itself, it kind of looks like a T. I've joked for a long time that it's like a little, like you're putting a Lego in your body. And like, that just felt so unnatural to me to ever do. But this was, to me, this felt like my last resort. And so I'm trying it. But they have to, it's like a series of things. I I thought that it was just going to be kind of this like crazy shove through my cervix into my uterus Mm. but before they do that even they have to measure they have to use an instrument to measure your uterus yeah it really like it felt like i was in an alien movie or being going through some sort of torture because you are not meant to feel that you're not meant to feel something yeah probing the ins oh my god it was it really it's traumatic it's absolutely traumatic i it made me so angry that there's so little done because the only instructions i were i was given were 
take ibuprofen before you come. Right. Right. Take 600 milligrams of ibuprofen an hour before. Yeah. And, oh, you guys, it was just, it was, it was pretty fucking horrific. And then I left and had such severe cramping throughout the rest of the day that I was like in tears and cramping the next day after that. And now is day, I'm like day three out from it. And I'm just very, um, like swollen like my stomach area is really swollen and it's there's just mm-hmm. still pain and I'm just this is crazy yeah no it's I know it's it's it sucks because I know there's been a recurring theme when we have medical professionals on the podcast that say like you know a lot of women's health stuff has been on the back burner or it's not it could be improved and we've been ignored and all this stuff yeah I think it's a good example of like the the things that we are expected to go through um uh yeah are really painful and like you know there's there's options and stuff but you know would it be different if would there be more options or better options or less painful options if we were prioritized a long time ago? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. sure. What if this was just like um, a really long advertisement to get an IUD? <laughs> they just drop this up for Instagram. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Marina. Get a two for one deal, everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that was, um, and when I, when I got that procedure done, the person putting it in there told me that because of how my cervix is, uh, because it's narrow that if I ever wanted to have kids, I, I should really highly consider a C-section or that childbirth would be ex- especially difficult and maybe even like potentially dangerous. Wow. And I'm like, wow, could you imagine if I did want kids and I wanted to go down that route, right. not knowing that about myself. And the only reason I know that is because I had that, you know, painful procedure done. But other than that, mm-hmm. like, Nobody's ever told me that nobody's taken the time to like, you know, do some diagnostic shit up there and say, Hey, I've noticed this thing or whatever. And maybe, maybe they only noticed it because of what was happening. But, um, yeah, I just think about, wow, like that could have, that could have really had a huge impact if I wanted to have biological children at some point, not knowing that. Right. Right. Yeah. I, uh, the people who I've spoken to who have had IUDs now for years, even if they're the people who um, have passed out from having it put in or uh, somebody had said it was more painful than childbirth and she has had two kids. Oh God. Yeah. Yikes. But even, even she was like, you know, it was so nice though to not have a period for eight years that you weigh it out it's like do you want one extreme bout of pain and then no period for eight years or do you want the pain of a period then like the i mean for me it had become a third of every month yeah right and you do yeah you do start to think of that where you're like do i want to live like this until menopause and um so i i do hope that it either fully gets rid of my period or at least makes it way more manageable but God, I, I just could not believe how horrible it was. And I didn't even ha- like, I didn't pass out. And I was still like, if yeah. I really picture the feeling of what that felt like, I, I want to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. It's it is. brutal. It is. I know. I know. It's definitely one of the, the more invasive options. 
Yeah, it's it feel it's a uh, somebody online said a cosmic level of pain. Yeah, it makes you yeah. woozy to feel yeah. the. Whew. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if you're thinking about getting one, <laughs> hope this hope this eased your anxiety. <laughs> but here's the thing: it's like I feel like everybody feels that way, though. Oh, about about getting it get, about getting, getting it in. I had yeah. a couple friends say, "Look, it sucked, but it wasn't like the worst thing I've ever been through." Right, right. And I will say, like, I, I mean, I've had some like bikini waxes where I've been like, "Holy fuck!" Like, I've been in so much pain sometimes from those. Yeah, this is just a different type of. It's just it feels wrong. Every part of it feels wrong. You're like, get yeah. out of my, the inside of my body, like the deep inside of my body. Get yeah. out of there. It yeah. feels fucked up. My stepmom got one after giving birth to three kids and she said it was no big deal and it wasn't that painful and no big deal. But that was after having three kids. So yeah. maybe that was part of it. But that's the only person I know of that was like, oh yeah, it was no big deal. Yeah. I think if you had talked to me like an hour after it happened versus now, it would sound very different because I think I was kind of in shock. Yeah. I was like, my hands were shaking for hours afterward and I just, I was just happy I didn't pass out. So I was kind of like, all right. Yeah. I mean, like that was, that was terrible, but like, I'm okay. That, you know, that just sucked. And then like the more that time has gone on and I think I've really been able to absorb what happened. I'm like, that was fucking horrible. <laughs> like it's yeah. like my body is finally letting what happened and the feelings of it kind of set in. But I think I was a little bit um, in shock and kind of trying to block it out. Yeah. And thank God you don't have to think about it for like eight years yeah. because I knew, I know for me, as soon as I made the appointment to get it taken out, I, it was, I was dreading it. I was so anxious about it because I knew how bad it was going to hurt because I knew about it the first time. Right. So going in to take it out, I'm like, fuck, I have to like mentally prepare for this. Like I know how bad this feels. And wh- how was it getting it taken out? Bad. Horrible. <laughs> like bad. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. It's not just they don't just pull it out and you're good? I can't remember if it was a big difference in pain or not, but it was a significant amount of pain, if not what I felt was the same amount. God. Yeah, Damn it. I know. I'm sorry. At least you got like a seven, seven and a half year break. And so you have to think, oh no, I got to schedule the appointment to get this out of me or exchange it or, oh God, I don't even know about like, yeah, if you're taking it out and putting another one in. Oh no. Oh but my anyway. God. I know. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. They give you this like little card on your way out that shows you like the date it has the date on there of when you got it and then it puts the date on there of how long it's good for and I was like oh my god this is like a vagina oil change sticker this is put it on my car windshield next to the jiffy lube you thought maybe it's uh for vulvaline am I right am I right everybody vulvaline can we get it it's so bad that I love it that's really good that was very quick I applaud you um <laughs> yeah oh, god <laughs> yeah but it, it's uh, it's just frustrating because my boyfriend has a vasectomy so I was like oh this is great like what a perfect life I don't have to worry about this and then my goddamn yeah. period 
could not get itself together. And so now it's like he has a vasectomy and I have an IUD. It's like fucking yeah. two goalies on a soccer field with nobody playing. It's just like way <laughs> too much defense for no reason. Yeah. But- yep. Hey, at least you're quadruple protected. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If a baby happens from this and like it's Jesus. It is the second coming of Christ and everybody must worship it because there's no way anything humans get through that shit. Yeah, that is truly a like a force field. (laughs) It's a force field. Have you seen Oceans 12? I have not seen any of the oceans, I'm not gonna lie. (gasps) Not a single ocean have I seen. I know. Oceans eleven's my favorite movie. I knew that, and I still haven't seen it. I suck. God, <laughs> can you just do that this holiday season? I will try my best. Ocean's Eleven. Why yeah. is number eleven the favorite? Do you just feel like it's the best one? Well, that's the first. In this oh, it's series. the first one. It's not the eleventh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I am married to a man who works in the movie industry, and I don't know shit about movies. I even wrote a movie, and Are I still you... don't know anything about. <laughs> movies with the pop culture like i don't know so bad you guys i know I have... it's, not good. <laughs> it's not good my dogs are named maverick and goose and i haven't even seen the original top gun not gonna lie i know i'm that person whoa what <laughs> i know i've seen bits and pieces of it but i've never seen it the whole way through and i haven't even seen the new one so this is just so funny because it's You're actually making me feel better in a million ways. I know that when we had a chat on, he was like talking about like, oh my God, she's just, I cannot believe how few movies she's seen. So I had not seen the original Top Gun until a few months ago. Yeah. Didn't love it. I mean, I think you had to see it back when it came out. uh, To me, it hasn't held up the same way. But um, a lot of people feel that way. But I have to, like, we have to have our producer cut what you just said into a clip so i can show him of like <laughs> you asking wait oceans 11 isn't the 11th one because then i will be like you can never give me shit about movies ever again my <laughs> co-host and one of my best friends is so illiterate with movies yeah it's bad it's really bad yeah i know i've seen uh, i've seen bits and pieces of top gun but i've seen i've seen at different parts of my life and i feel like i've seen the whole movie holistically but never actually sat down i see to watch it you know and just so you know there was an original oceans 11 with frank sinatra in it many many years ago oh okay it's technically a remake and then they did an oceans 12 and an oceans 13 and then an oceans 8 okay gotcha now big question for you have you seen my favorite movie yet airplane no Okay, we see, talked about this. No, listen, we've talked about this that I have and I didn't love it. You have seen it. And I didn't love it. I watched it for the first time like a year ago and I was like, Kelsey, it's the greatest movie of all time. How could you not love it? It's, it's but it's not though. I'm so sorry. It's so every time you watch it, you see a new bit. There's Here's the thing. I, I watched it and the whole time I was like, 1000% understand why this is Delaney's favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, very me. <laughs> it's like the corniest movie of all time. It's just like a constant yes. dad joke. Yes, exactly. God, I love it. So it's like I can appreciate it for what it is, but sure. um yeah, that's I, I think that's where I will leave my feelings for that because I don't well, want to upset you. Well, we'll see. I'll TBD on my review for Ocean's 11. I'm actually very excited. I'll take a I'll take a look at that. 
I'll take a peek. I'll have Cam help me find it so I can watch it. I think you'll love it. You know how you're always okay. joking about like <clears throat> that you your metabolism is very fast and you kind of like always want to be like snacking, have food yeah. nearby. So yeah. Brad Pitt's character in it, he's never not eating in the movie. Oh, I like that. I like it already. It's like a fun kind of. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My metabolism used to be high. It's uh, slowed <laughs> down for sure. <laughs> like good old days. Well. God, they come and go so fast. And the next thing you know, it's like, wait. Oh, oh boy. Well, should we? Um... Yes. I know that we know that this was a long intro juice. to get into the interview, but it just felt like there needed to be a lot of uh, of backstory and front story, I suppose. Yeah, because literally. All this happened. Figuratively. Yes, all this, <laughs> all this <laughs> happened after talking with her. So um, just shout out to her for being, I think, a voice of reason maybe in my life. Uh, of yeah. just like, listen, if you keep doing this, with these things that aren't working for you, you're going to, it could get a lot worse. And I totally. think maybe I just kind of needed to get scared into doing an, a different scary thing, but one that hopefully will make me feel a lot better. Yeah. I'm so happy that this was a really impactful guest, an episode for you. And I feel like when we, yeah, when we look back at all, all of our wonderful guests, it's like, yeah, you never know who's going to say that one line of information that's going to get you into action for something. I know I have so many of those, you know, for myself over the years and what a, what a sneaky one that actually got you this really great nugget that, you know, you were able to implement. Yeah. I had no idea going into the episode that I was even going to be asking her anything about period stuff. I thought we were yeah. just talking about adrenal things, but um, you never know. And so yeah, I will I will keep you guys posted on <laughs> IUD updates. Uh didn't mean to scare the shit out of everybody, but I also feel like <laughs> it's that's, important. Everybody like everybody says it's scary. I'm even like the nursing assistant before it happened. She's like, "So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is going yeah. to be extremely painful." Like oh, they gosh. have to tell yeah. you. Yeah. Because I think yeah. if they don't, people would be pretty pissed of like, "What the fuck just happened to me?" Yeah. No, I think it's good to be transparent about that stuff because, again, yeah. there's been so much. I don't know. I think it's just always good to demystify a woman's health issue always yeah. because we get so much misinformation or no information. Yeah. I would say if you are thinking about getting one, they told me to take 600 milligrams of ibuprofen, which is three of just like a regular um, ibuprofen, like an Advil capsule. Take four. Like you can safely, generally, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but like people get prescribed 800 milligram tablets, like one tablet of Advil at a time when they've like had a surgery or anything like that. I mean, just yeah. do everything you can leading up to it to get your body prepared for, for that. Meditate. Yes. Yeah. Talk to um, your body. Tell it what's about to happen. I don't know if I took anything now that I think about it. I don't know oh, if I took any fuck. pain med stuff or and maybe they did tell me and I just don't remember. It was like years ago now, but I wonder if that's part of why I passed out potentially. Oh my God. Yeah. Barrier, but maybe I did. I don't fucking remember. I tried to get real numbed up as much as I could. And yeah, I asked, I, I read online that you can use your phone while it's happening as distraction. Oh, and so God. I was like playing Wordle and Quirtle. 
Oh, see, I didn't, I didn't get any of that. I didn't do any of that shit. Oh my God. Yeah. They, she did have a woman next to me to hold my hand if I wanted it. Okay. Um, and the woman, she was like, breathe, wiggle your toes. And wiggling my toes was actually very helpful because I think it helps like take your mind uh, off of certain things. But um, I was wordling and quartling. It was so funny. The word that day for wordle was probe. As I was, <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? That's such a weird coincidence. Oh, my God. But well, yeah. that's good. It sounds like you had a lot of hot tips or you implemented a lot of good stuff. I feel like my experience was like a medieval procedure compared to yours. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying is like it is a medieval. It uh, When I say barbaric, it feels like a medieval barbaric weird torture procedure yeah. it doesn't feel like something that's supposed to happen yeah which yeah. i guess it's not really so no. it's certainly not like natural right <laughs> like, this isn't <laughs> the fact i've got like a piece of plastic in me for eight years what a fucking weird thing yeah yeah it's like i don't think they were using a uh, twigs twigs back then you know no the same shit no it's not but yeah you know i type a plus the hell out of this i did so much research beforehand yeah People, good. like listen to music sometimes as it's they put like headphones in god i did it i didn't want to like ruin a song mine was just silence and an old russian woman's hand that oh was my fun. god <laughs> jesus environment. why are you passed she was out lovely. she was lovely but yeah Maybe get really high too. I consider that. I was like, maybe I did like take like a couple edibles and just like peace the fuck out. Maybe. Or you could get really paranoid and freaked out and really think mm -hmm. that you are getting probed by aliens. That could really point. take a turn. Okay, good point. You know, that's why we we're both on the show. We balance each other. <laughs> got a couple perspectives for you. <laughs> Between both of us, you got about five great tips. <laughs> <laughs> In five and a half years, we've given you five great tips. As a tip a year. Don't get greedy. <laughs> a tip a, a year. Show. What do you want? <laughs> oh, I'm fucking delirious from pain. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the interview and then we'll do an outro afterward. We'll talk to you guys in a little bit. Enjoy this interview with Dr. Sharisha. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Sharisha. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we get into adrenal insufficiency and all of that, I wanted to ask you if you had a favorite quote that you could share with our listeners. I do. One of my favorite quotes is the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Oh, Oh, I like that, that one? one. You had <laughs> prefaced before you're like, it's pretty cheesy. And I was prepared for like a dad joke of a quote or something. And that was like so deep and lovely. I, thought, <laughs> I didn't think that was cheesy at all. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. We like the quote on here a lot. That's the whole, um, don't set yourself on fire to keep somebody else warm. Oh, and oh. I feel like that's kind of a good, uh, a good side dish to the quote that you just said. That's a really good one. Okay. I'm going to use that one <laughs> next time. The next time you guys have me on, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> we'll whip that one out. But yeah, man, that is so good. It's it's just so good to remember your boundaries and, and knowing what's important to you and all of that good stuff. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. 
It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Uh, so... Let's just go ahead and jump into the thing that you are an absolute expert at. I'm so excited to have you on and ask you all of this. So um, can we just start by asking you, what is adrenal insufficiency? Yeah, so adrenal insufficiency at its basic is a disease where the adrenal gland no longer has the ability to produce a hormone called cortisol, and in some cases cannot produce a hormone called aldosterone. So adrenal insufficiency is pretty rare, but it's a very serious condition. And just to give you some perspective, to go back a little bit, the adrenal glands mm -hmm. are two little glands that sit right on top of the kidneys. So you have two adrenal glands and they make some really, really important hormones that you need to function. So they make hormones like cortisol and they make hormones called aldosterone. And adrenal insufficiency happens for a couple of different reasons, which we'll, we'll get into, you know, as we progress. Yeah. But the, the basis of it all is that adrenal insufficiency is a disease when you can no longer make cortisol, you can no longer make aldosterone in some cases, and you need these hormones to live. Yeah. And how does that differ from adrenal exhaustion? So that's a great question. You know, we get, we get, I would say at least one or two patients a week that have come to me and they say they've been to another provider that has told them that they suffer from adrenal exhaustion. So the premise from what I understand of adrenal exhaustion or fatigue is that when somebody has a stress like an illness or an infection, there's a thought that the adrenal gland can kind of burn out and it can no longer make cortisol because it gets fatigued from compensating for that stress. But the adrenal gland has a huge, huge capacity. It's not so subverted and it doesn't simply burn out we do have organs in the body. For example, I'll just give you a really simple example, like the pancreas. When you have diabetes, what can happen is the pancreas produces insulin and sometimes it can get overwhelmed by producing so much insulin just to keep up with that high blood sugar that it can no longer produce insulin anymore because those, those cells, they tire out. But the adrenal gland, the same thing doesn't happen with the adrenal gland. It's not so subverted. It doesn't tire out like that. So when patients go through, you know, a stress or an injury like that, what, what happens is that your adrenal gland actually produces more hormones to, to compensate. So really, really important to make that distinction Adrenal exhaustion or fatigue is currently not a validated diagnosis by the endocrine society. And oh. when we see patients that come in with these kinds of diagnoses, it's actually, 
it's a little bit disheartening to see because sometimes they come and they're on these like really expensive adrenal supplements, or there's sometimes even in cases I've seen patients on prednisone, they've been on steroids when they have this diagnosis of adrenal fatigue, which can ultimately be pretty dangerous because you can get side effects from prednisone and you can actually shut down the natural production of your own hormones. So we we like to stay away from that term, which is why I'm really glad that that you brought it up and certainly defers from a validated diagnosis of adrenal insufficiency, which which is what we see in, in clinical practice. Wow. Okay. Because I do feel like adrenal exhaustion, adrenal fatigue, people talking about their cortisol being really depleted and all that stuff. It is said, I think, in a pretty um, casual way. Yeah. And it makes it sound like it's really easy to have happen to you. And I know I have been guilty of just kind of hearing those catchphrases and being like, oh man, I mean, I'm sure I have that because, you know, my life touring every week for, yeah. um, for my work, it's like you are burning out what feels like your resources, your, it's just hard to be on planes so much and changing time zones and all of that. And so Anytime where I feel burnt out, I think I just assume, oh, I'm probably depleting cortisol and maybe this is going to become like a chronic problem. But you're saying that's not really something to worry about? Exactly. Yeah. So you you totally got it. So not something to worry about. But I think the bigger point here is that what people diagnose as adrenal exhaustion or fatigue can actually be symptoms of something else that's underlying. So we can actually be missing something that's systemic, that's underlying here. And oftentimes, I don't know if you've ever heard of something called POTS. So POTS is a pretty common common illness, you know, it's diagnosed pretty commonly with patients. And it's actually often misdiagnosed as as adrenal fatigue. So patients will often come in with these sort of nonspecific symptoms. And oftentimes the diagnosis is actually POTS. And what is POTS? Yeah, so POTS is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So that's what POTS is. And it comes with a lot of varying, you know, symptoms, things like fatigue, even sometimes things like GI distress. So I've had patients with diarrhea, I've had patients with nausea, I've had patients with temperature intolerances, like they can't stand the heat, they get really flushed in the heat, Um, like presyncope. So they feel like they're going to faint, but they don't actually faint. And this is something called POTS. um, And this is often misdiagnosed and confused with adrenal exhaustion and fatigue. But POTS is is an actual validated diagnosis. It's a completely different work up. It has a treatment. Um, there's a whole clinic for it, you know, where I work and in many different institutions around the country. So yeah, it, it points to a bigger, you know, an, an even bigger question is what's really going on underneath, which is why it's so important to have an excellent primary care team that can really dig deeper, you know, systemically to see what is going on and why you're experiencing these symptoms. Right. And what, is or are the root causes of somebody having adrenal insufficiency? So adrenal insufficiency can be caused by a couple different things. We have something called primary adrenal insufficiency, which is a disorder of the gland itself. So a disorder of the adrenal gland itself. And in this country, most commonly, it's caused by an autoimmune problem. Mm -hmm. And remember, autoimmune illnesses, they often come in bunches. Sometimes if somebody has one autoimmune illness, they may be diagnosed with another one sometime in their lifetime. 
And by autoimmune conditions, I mean, just for example, things like psoriasis or eczema, ulcerative colitis, these are all examples of autoimmune problems. So, so adrenal insufficiency primary in the West most commonly is because of an autoimmune problem. Secondary adrenal insufficiency, on the other hand, the most common cause is chronic steroid use. So if you've ever met somebody that has an autoimmune disease, for example, if they have rheumatoid arthritis or they have lupus, they may be on steroids for really long periods of time. And what that can do is it can shut down your body's natural secretion of cortisol from at the level of the brain and that can cause adrenal insufficiency. So these are kind of the most you know common causes of adrenal insufficiency from a disease that is pretty rare, but certainly something to look out for if you know you have another autoimmune disease or say for example you've been on steroids for a really long period of time, that's why we always taper steroids. So I'm I'm mm. sure you've heard of people, you know, they've been on steroids for like a really long period of time and their doctor tells them, okay, well, go from, you know, 40 milligrams to 30 milligrams to 20 to 10, et cetera. That's why we taper slowly down so we can allow time for that adrenal gland to wake up. Got it. And can I ask what drew you to this particular field of work? Yeah. So I'm an endocrinologist and that's the study of hormones. You know, initially when I was in medical school and, and residency, I was really interested in women's health. So I, I, the field really drew me because there's a huge practice for PCOS. Um, and so I'm, I'm really drawn, you know, to that. And then as I kind of got further into this field, there's so much, there's just, there's so many things to learn and it's just so nice. exciting. So um, I've been really liking it a lot, but initially what drew me to it was the women's health aspect of it, particularly with PCOS. Wow. Okay. That's so interesting. I might, have to go down like a different path in a little bit in the episode because I want to ask you about hormones as well. And I yeah. wasn't necessarily planning on that, but I have been dealing with my own um, things with that. And I would Oh yeah, your... ask away. Ask okay, away. cool. Um, well, let me get back into adrenal insufficiency for a sec. So what are some misconceptions or maybe things that people don't know about adrenal insufficiency besides that it can kind of get confused with adrenal exhaustion, which is not like a clinical diagnosis, correct? So that's definitely one of them, you know, what, what you mentioned. And I would say that, um, you know, with, with the secondary adrenal insufficiency, I think it's not uncommon for people to be on steroids for long periods of time and really want to get off quickly. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I will see people that just stop their steroids completely and then they will have, it. you know, they will get adrenal insufficiency. Sure. So really important not to just abruptly stop steroids without, you know, without the monitoring of your care team. So I would say that's, that's a pretty common misconception. Okay. Um, and, you know, also, also symptoms can sometimes be nonspecific. Um, for women, especially, it can be things like inability to conceive or things like not getting a period. So it can definitely be misdiagnosed for other things as well. So if you feel that you may have the symptoms of adrenal insufficiency, then really good idea to, you know, check in either with your local endocrinologist or even your care team, just to get a morning morning cortisol level as a screening test. Got it. And I don't think we've actually listed this out yet in the episode, but can you talk about the main symptoms of this that somebody should be looking out for? Yes. So very common symptoms are things like profound fatigue. You're mm. not able to perform your daily tasks. You can't get out of bed. Really profound fatigue. 
Sometimes we'll see patients that have really bad abdominal cramping, they'll get nausea, they'll get vomiting. Women, sometimes they won't get a period. And sometimes we'll, we'll see a, a different pigment to the skin, interestingly. So yeah. I've had patients that have come into my office with, you know, kind of a, a sheer, like a sheen darker pigment on the skin, also oh. kind of darkening in the, in the gum line as well, and darkening mm. at the crevices of the palm. So there's skin mm. findings, there's physical findings in adrenal insufficiency as well. But these are probably, these are probably the most common things that you want to look out for. Okay. And then what are your biggest tips for treatment? I know you mentioned going in and getting that kind of morning um, test. What did you do the morning levels of, is it cortisol that you said? Yeah. So the, you know, if you have, for example, you can do, if you're suspicious for adrenal insufficiency, yeah. your doctor can run a morning cortisol. And if that morning cortisol is low, we do a definitive test. And that test is called uh, a cosentropin stimulation test. And what that is, is that it's a 90 minute test. And what we do is we test your cortisol levels at baseline, and then we give you a drug called cosentropin, and then we retest your cortisol at 30 minutes, 60 minutes, and 90 minutes to see if that cortisol has risen appropriately in response to cosentropin. Wow. So different labs will have different assay cutoffs, and that kind of just depends on where you go. But uh, a cosentropin stimulation test is a definitive diagnosis of adrenal insufficiency if you have a low screening cortisol level. Got it. Okay. And are there correlations between people um, having hormone issues or thyroid issues and having adrenal um, insufficiency problems? That's a great question. So for, for patients that have autoimmune adrenal insufficiency, there yeah. is correlation with autoimmune hypothyroidism, which is also known as Hashimoto's, which is right. the most common cause of hypothyroidism in this country is Hashimoto's. So oftentimes when we have patients with adrenal insufficiency, we'll screen them for thyroid at least once a year. You want to get the thyroid tests at least once a year. Got it. Okay. Well, man, Tell me anything else that you feel like our listeners should know about adrenal insufficiency, hormone issues, anything else that you would like to share with people. So I would say that if you do have adrenal insufficiency, just know, I think one of the most common questions that I get in my practice is if, because I'm, so the treatment for adrenal insufficiency is physiologic steroids. And that means that you're replacing the amount of steroid that your body is supposed to be making with yeah. just an exogenous steroid. So you take hydrocortisone, which is the most physiologic steroid. And the most common question that I get in my practice is, am I going to get weight, gain weight on this? And the answer is typically no, because we know that high doses of steroids often can cause people to gain weight. This is mm -hmm pretty common. We see this a lot, but with this physiologic dose of steroids, this low dose of steroids, we don't see patients gain weight because you're replacing what you sh your body should be making already with when you, you know, when you get diagnosed with adrenal insufficiency, people will lose weight really, really rapidly. And that's common. You know, they get nausea. Right. They, they have like very rapid weight loss, like, you know, 15, 20 pounds and like a month, you know, like oh really, gosh. really short period of time, these yeah. high, high weight losses. So sometimes they can regain the weight back that they're, you know, what the, that their body is supposed to be maintaining already, but you wouldn't gain additional weight. So that's definitely right. something that I would want people to know. And also if you're diagnosed, we always tell people, you know, three things, they have to have a little piece of jewelry that says they have adrenal insufficiency. Oh, wow. Yeah. God forbid something happens, like they get into a car accident or something like that. Um, they have to be given additional, additional 
additional support, additional steroid support. So if you're ever in a hospital, you have to have that piece of jewelry, like a necklace or a bracelet. I tell my patients to get it on Amazon that you have adrenal insufficiency. You also have to have something called sick day rules. So when you have adrenal insufficiency, your body doesn't compensate when you say, for example, have COVID or you have the flu, your body doesn't compensate, your adrenal gland doesn't compensate with that cortisol Mm -hmm. response. So you have to do it yourself. So you need to take a little extra steroid. And that's what sick day rules are. And you also have to have an emergency kit at home. So, you know, an injection of hydrocortisone, if you know, you're really vomiting, or you can't take your pill, or you pass out, you should have that emergency kit at home. So those are the three things that we tell everybody with adrenal insufficiency. Wow. Okay. That's so helpful. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing all your knowledge. And uh, I, I'm excited for people to hear this episode. Of course. I'm happy to be here and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. All right. I hope that that was helpful and, uh, yeah, like I said, she really did put me on a completely different path in life from that interview. So <laughs> what an angel. Yeah, an really angel. fascinating stuff. I had I didn't know anything about adrenal insufficiency. Did yeah. not really know what it was, you know, hadn't really heard about it. So right. it's always good to learn something new. And yeah, you never know who's tuning in that's like, holy shit, that's me. And wouldn't right. have wouldn't have known or realized it. Right. And just a good basic reminder. I feel like many of our episodes are like this, but it's like, remember to take care of yourself. (laughs) Like make that a priority because you don't want to be running on fumes. It's like, it's just such an icky place to be in. Yep. So we have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from me crown. It says, must listen. I love this podcast. The hosts are real and down to earth. They cover a wide variety of helpful topics. I look forward to see what they come up with every week. Oh, thank oh, you. That's so that's, nice. Thank that's you. That's really nice. God, just really hits the heart. It's the heart right. I mean, <laughs> it, like every time we read them, I'm like, gosh, thank you. Yeah. It really means a lot. I mean, we talked about this before where, yeah, we just talk to each other. We don't really know who exactly is tuning in or what kind of impact it's having. And so it's just really, it, yeah, I don't know. It makes me feel really connected to all of you. Appreciate yeah. It, it, I, I know that it might feel sterile to just like get on the podcast app and leave a review and ha- just feel it sent out into the universe. But like we, I mean, we read them. It, it really does connect to us and it, it means yeah. a lot. So thank you yeah. for those kind words. Um, for my segment, I mean, listen to the intro because that's my, <laughs> right. that is my update in life right now. Is yes. Adjusting to IUD life. I love it. You know what? I have a quick segment. I think this is such a fun one that I keep forgetting to share with you, Kels. I did it. I, I said it on a, a recent episode that I did, but, um, my stepmom has come up with her own truly hot tip and she practices gratitude when she goes to the bathroom. So when she's on the toilet, that's when she does her gratitude stuff because she's like, oh, I go to the bathroom several times a day. That's how I can get in the habit of doing that. And she literally has her vision board on the back of the door. <laughs> so when she closes it, it's already there. And she like is reminded, okay, time to just take a moment and be grateful and then go about my day. Fascinating. Isn't that- <laughs> I feel like that is a good that's a good example of pairing a habit you already have with a new habit that you want to implement or, you know, get build and get better with. 
And um, I just think it's fucking hilarious. Like the toilet of gratitude. I mean, come on. That's too good. So simple. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I I wonder what the physiological connection is that she's making as well. Because when you go number one or number two, it's a feeling of like release and like relief. I I mean, I feel some endorphins that are being released during that process. Yeah. And that's such a positive connection to your mind where you're like, oh, I'm also so grateful for these yeah. things. It's so funny. I think for in her head, she was just like, I'm really lazy about this, but I want to do it. How can I do it? All right. Next time I take a shit, I'll think about five things I'm grateful for. <laughs> God, that's so great. I know. It's really good. I'm like, oh, I need to start doing that. It just it inspires me to think about how I can put something that I want to do with something I'm already doing. Yeah, I can't remember who does this. I think it's a celebrity, but they do squats while they brush their teeth. Oh, yeah. My dad does um, calf raises when he brushes his teeth. Right. Because it's like, yes, you're already there. You're here for a few minutes while you're. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a big fan. Big fan. Anyway, so you can thank Lisa for that hot tip, everybody. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) Sending sending you love and light on your toilet. the toilet throne (laughs) oh god all right guys uh thank you for being part of our self-helpless community i know that sometimes we you know get deep literally uh, on here and i hope that it doesn't feel like an overshare i hope that it can at least if you've had an iud before make you feel less alone if you are getting one uh just maybe gives you some tips i don't know but just thanks for always feeling like a a safe space absolutely yeah i think it's i mean dealing with your health can be frustrating when you've tried a bunch of things and you're trying to find answers so we try to let you know what uh, our answers are along the way and we're we're trying things right along with you yes yep yep all right guys um can't wait for these tour dates this month Cincinnati, Kearney, Minneapolis. It'll, and not this month, but March coming up. Fabulous. And you can head over to DelaneyFisher.com for the Minimalist Business Podcast. Would love to have you over there. Sweet. All right, guys. Bye. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Yeah.